Do you know someone who is lonely? What are you doing to alleviate their hardship? Welcome to the Transformative Duff. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on page 28 of Tractate Nazir, and we learn to look out for those who may be missing the dark days of COVID when everyone suddenly remembered their lonely neighbors. Welcome to the Transformative Duff, and thank you for being my Chavrissa today. I like to begin with a story. The coronavirus global pandemic was devastating with millions of lives lost and hardly a person whose life was not devastated in some way, shape or form. Some lost their Paranasa, others had their studies disrupted with lifelong ramifications, while many suffered in silence as they dealt with mental health issues and other ailments for which they couldn't seek treatment during those dark days. However, some areas of life were heartwarming to witness. The dedication of volunteers to help those with greater vulnerability, such as the aged and infirm, was extraordinary. In our congregation, selfless individuals would go grocery shopping each week and personally deliver the supplies to people who were shut in at home. A team of volunteers would call the elderly members of our congregation daily just to check in and see how they were faring. As constricting as it may have felt to be holed up in the house with just one's family members for weeks and months, there was one fate even worse being all alone in the house and unable to leave. An essential element of Naziris is the obligation to offer sacrifices at the culmination of one's term, as well as if one became impure during the term. Generally, a husband may revoke his wife's vow if it will impact their relationship. Today's stuff asks, up until what point a husband may revoke his wife's vow of Naziris, and whether her decision to abstain from wine would constitute an adverse impact. Let's look at the Gemara. If the blood of the sacrifice has already been sprinkled upon the altar, the husband can no longer annul his wife's vow. Rabbi Akiva says, even if one of the animals had merely been slaughtered, he may no longer annul. When are we talking about? with regards to sacrifices offered for the purification final stage of her term. But if she were bringing sacrifices to atone for becoming impure during her term, in which case she would have to begin all over again, the husband may indeed annul her vow, for he may say, I don't want my wife to abstain from wine. Let's analyze the Gemara. Why would a husband want his wife to drink? Rev. Israel teaches that abstinence from wine for a lengthy period may lead to agitation. It will therefore impact upon their relationship. But perhaps we could say that the husband is not only concerned for her mood and the effects on their relationship resulting from her abstinence, but that her actual abstinence will affect their relationship. If she were to stop drinking, that would mean that he would have to drink alone, and nobody likes to drink alone. There are two types of drinkers, those who drink alone and those who drink socially. While excessive drinking is dangerous in any situation, the former category has greater propensity for alcoholism. Picture the following two scenarios. Scenario number one. Every afternoon after work, Jimmy and Frankie meet at the local watering hole. It's a tradition they've had for years, and rain or shine, they'll get together for a drink after work. Scenario number two. Just down the road, Joe stops into his favorite pub on his way home from work. The bartender knows his drink and knows that Joe arrives like clockwork each day. When you contrast these two scenes, what imagery comes to mind? In the first, they jovially discuss the highs and lows of their day, whereas in the second, drinking alone is a mark of loneliness and sadness. Nobody likes to be alone. That's why the husband may revoke his wife's decision to abstain from drinking. 
her abstinence will not only impact his personal enjoyment, but may even have consequences upon his approach to drinking responsibly. Drinking in the company of another is both safer and more enjoyable. But of course, it's not only drinking with another that is more satisfying. Most activities are more pleasant when enjoyed in the company of others. Just think about a show you've attended with a spouse or friends, only to spot someone sitting across the way all by themselves. Now, strictly speaking, if they're there to watch the show, why would they need anyone else to be there sitting alongside them? That may be true, but there's a certain something missing when you're watching the show all alone. Some people in this world are blessed to have constant company. The company of a spouse, the company of children, grandchildren, siblings, friends. Others are not as fortunate. There are many lonely people in this world. Thank God we are no longer in pandemic crisis mode. However, I have no doubt that right now there are countless individuals who are missing those dark days. Of course, they're feeling relieved that they are no longer fearing for their very lives. But as they sit at home alone, they're missing the daily phone calls and weekly grocery drop-offs and accompanying human visits. While many of these good souls are able to get out and about, several are still housebound and pining for company. We have a duty to reach out to those who might not enjoy the same level of company as we do. Whatever your situation, there is someone out there who is lonelier and would appreciate some company now and again. Before Shabbos, pick up the telephone and wish them a good Shabbos, or offer to pick up chalas for them. Sure, they could have them delivered from the store, but there's nothing like the human touch when you knock on the door and take five minutes to see how someone's doing. If the person is able to leave the house, invite them for a Yom Tov meal. Nobody likes to drink or eat alone. It's tempting to assume that someone is eating with their own children, but sadly, that's not always the case. Not everyone is blessed with children. Not everyone is blessed with children who live nearby. And even when an individual's children do live nearby, not everyone is blessed with children who have them over regularly. Sadly, some people are just too engrossed in their personal life and social circle. It's especially important that we think about those who might be experiencing loneliness when we're planning our Yom Tov meals. Did you know that our sages encouraged the relaxation of Pesach stringencies on the eighth day so that people would share a meal? For seven days, some people steer clear of anyone else's food, lest the person isn't as strict as them. But then on the eighth day, we're reminded that Yom Tov is about breaking matzah together. If that's true of dining with friends, then certainly we should always be thinking about those who lack regular company. When God created Adam, he declared, It's not good for man to be alone. No human being should ever feel that they are alone in this world. Each one of us can make a difference in another person's life. May you strive to fulfill God's will that no person should ever be alone. Wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Duff Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Duff Yomi global movement, there's something in the transformative Duff for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the Duff with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe to achieving a life of simcha and purpose. Transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaica Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores, 
and online from mosaicopress.com. Thank you, the transformative Duff.